Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast Side Quest. This week, Alex has some uh, console announcements he wanted to talk about. Yes. Or releases. So, Not just announcements. These are releases of, of yeah, hardware. I, I mean, the Playdate, which we've talked about before, this is a Game Boy-style console uh, made by a company called Panic. It was introduced on May 22nd, 2019. Uh, it still has a TBA date on it, so we don't really know exactly when it's coming, but it's supposed to come at some point this year uh, for $149. Um, and so this is kind of a grayscale, original Game Boy-style game console. I believe it's grayscale. Yeah. Um, and it has like a hand crank on it, too, so they're planning on making kind of very different... Uh, you know, people can develop games for this um and there's all kinds of like it's an open system you can sideload games that are not in like their official release uh, because that's kind of the idea you would be subscribing to a season of games that you then receive throughout uh that like season designation um and but other people can kind of make things for it as well um but yeah so this is it's using sharps memory lcd possesses some properties of the e-paper displays i'm reading from the wikipedia just in case i want to attribute that or attribute it um but yeah they have a list of one two three four five six seven eight games that are coming out in the first season um things like b360 which is developed by panic itself there's also a game called executive golf dx by developer dave makes uh do you guys have any interest in a thing like this I mean, it seems really cool, but I personally just like, again, it just ties into how much time am I ever going to have to play with this thing? Like, I I don't really know. I like the idea of it, an indie game console, like geared towards releasing indie games, you know, is pretty cool. I, I don't I'm, I don't know. It's cool. It looks a little gimmicky with the crank and everything, but I like this little demo on their website where they're showing this game where like you're cranking in order to move the character forward. Looks pretty pretty cool. I dig that. Yeah. This um, is about the most hipster console you can own with the fucking crank and well, stuff. Well, I mean, if the crank powered it, like maybe that would be hipster because you have to keep cranking in order to play the damn thing. Um. <laughs> you imagine playing like Pokemon and then like the power is going to go out. So you have to like crank it before you can save. Yeah. You just, <laughs> that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be horrible. Plus I don't like how I wish they, I wish there was something. I wish they showed this. Oh, here's kind of the scale. Look at the bottom of, of the at page. The, yeah. Okay. The scale of it looks, yeah, whatever. It fits in your pocket. It might be fun to take on like a bus trip. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I mean, the size of it is appealing to me because the switch doesn't fit in my pockets. And this probably would, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, there's another one that's a handheld that I that I kind of neglected to bring up because it's something that's kind of, you know, existed. But uh, the Analog Pocket, these are the guys that make the FPGA consoles like the Mega SG and the Super NT. Analog Pocket is the their kind of Game Boy that they want to make that's going to play Game Gear, Neo Geo Pocket Color, Atari Lynx, and, of course... Uh, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance games as well. Um, you know, the mister that I have can play these games, but the idea that this is like a self-contained little handheld, you know, I really like these like modern handhelds because we don't really see things oriented towards this size anymore. The Switch is big, as Brian was saying. Even the Vita was bigger than, you know, what you kind of used to. Um, 
But this thing is the problem is this thing's two hundred bucks, but it would be yeah. really nice to own something that would be able to play actual hardware pretty easily. Uh the only problem is they're fucking hard to get a pre order for. I think they've only opened pre orders once. Um but it's a really slick looking piece of hardware. They've got like a, I think they also have like a uh there's a digital audio workstation in it called Nano Loop. So it also it's a synthesizer and a sequencer as well. You can make music with it. Yeah. Um but then there's also um you know a lot of options for like how you display the games. Like you can display your Game Boy games in like a green scale kind of pixel. That that's the thing. Like I I hope people like look at these as being important for like the you know preserving the history of gaming like th- yeah. this, this sort of device is so cool and so like even though it's playing all these old games that you probably don't really even want to play the fact that it exists and it's like functional and works and it's cool like that's awesome and like they got this like the i'm looking at the analog as well right now and it, mm-hmm. it's got a, a dock to dock it to your tv so you can play it on your tv and that's cool it's got the synth and that's cool too it's got this like fancy hard case to put it on display i mean like they're like they clearly put a ton of time into developing and like just engineering this thing to be cool. And it looks like you can play the original cartridges from your Game Boy in it too. Yes. Like that's yes. like that's so fucking rad. Like Well, and they're selling adapters for the Game Gear games and the Neo Geo Pocket and Atari Link stuff as well. Um, which it's just that's that's maybe my biggest concern and the reason that I want to buy some of these. Like, I really have had my eye on the Mega SG for a while, but it's it's just expensive. It's $200. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, like, my our Genesis that I have and our JVCXI that I have um, are not going to work forever. But these things are a little bit more... Um, they're newer and they're just kind of simpler as well with the FPGAs that make it kind of more reliable hardware. Yeah. Um, so like I'm, I'm kind of dying for something like this for the PS one, seriously, like a definitive way to play PS one games that like emulates on another level, I think would be incredible. And supposedly there's a core for the mister that's going to come out for PS one games, but I think they might start getting towards some of the hardware limitations with that thing. Uh, getting into the PS1 and N64. That's cool. So, but I like honestly, if Sony just put out something that had the damn emotion engine in it from the PS2, that was like a hundred bucks that I could play PS1 and PS2 games on right now. Take all of my money. I would give it to them immediately. I can like if I can Bluetooth my Dual Sense to it. Yeah. God, dude, that that Mega SG in white is <clears throat> sweet looking. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, all the stuff that Analog makes. It's at analog.co. People can check it out. But, yeah, the Mega SG is awesome. The Super NT is really cool, too. Um, but, yeah, they're, they're very, they make extremely nice uh, consoles for Ooh, older stuff. Yeah, those are slick. So, it is expensive, but I think uh, if, if this is the kind of thing that you're into, I think it would absolutely be worth checking out. Um, for sure. The other console that I was alluding to or that's on this Wikipedia page is called the Intellivision Amico. Um, it's going to be $250. This is this was kind of like rescued. Like the, the Intellivision brand name was rescued by like Tommy Tallarico back in 2018. He was just basically kind of like, I want to make a new Intellivision console, which 
I never really played the original on television. John, I don't know if you had much experience with it. I, think I just remember Tom, had picking, one. Tom yeah. picked one up at a garage sale for like $10 or something, and I don't yeah, know like where Pitfall it is. Pitfall on it, I think, maybe. I, yeah. I played it quite a lot, actually. Like, so what 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 do you what do you feel like made the Intellivision special? Really, the very bizarre but unique controllers for sure. Um, they basically were connected. They were hardwired to the console with like a like a coiled cable, like a telephone cable. Yeah, and and, there were two of them on every console, right? Yeah, basically. and they had a a uh, disc control, like a touch disc, basically. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of like. You could turn it, but you could also press it on different sides, and it would function sort of like a D-pad, I guess. And it also had a like a a number pad. Okay, yeah. And you One could nine. each game came with its own little like uh, plastic cards that would slide into the controller over the number pad. So you had a customized like controller layout, like cheat sheet for every game, which was cool. That's pretty rad. So it it gave you a lot of options as far as like, like there were a lot of more like complicated games, like control wise than you would see on like Atari or something because of that. Yeah, it was just a joystick and a button on your Atari 2600, right? Yeah. So this certainly offered more control. So, I, I, yeah. Go ahead. The the games were cool from what I remember too. Like there was a battleship style game that was pretty fun. Uh, you know, like similar to the board game, but more in depth. Um, and then there was uh, like a dungeon crawler that was really cool. One of my personal favorites was a very simple game. It was called Snafu, but it basically played out like a light cycle race from Tron. Oh, so much fun. And you could play up to, you know, I think there, are you sure it was only two controllers attached to that? I feel like there were more. There were only two on the original on television. Based on the image that's on the website, there were only two. Okay. All right. But maybe it had a connector for multiple, for extras, maybe. I don't know. That was a multiplayer game. It was pretty fun. There, and I'm there just, were a lot I'm of just them. now recognizing I do actually own a uh, uh, an Intellivision game, and it's Tron Deadly Discs that I bought off of eBay after becoming a big fan of Tron. So, um, <laughs> the so the Intellivision Amico is it's a modern version of the Intellivision that they're trying to make, and it comes with these two small control modules that are basically like little. It's almost like a little smartphone. It's got a touch screen on it and a dial, kind of like Brian was saying, like a touch disc. Um, and it also has motion controls this time around. And they just kind of lay on top of this Intellivision Amico system and will charge wirelessly there. Um, and so, I don't know, Brian, if you're also looking at the website, they have some cool color options, including one that looks that has wood paneling on it, like the older Intellivision systems. Um, and so... These are coming out April 15th, 2021 in Glacier White and Graphite Black. Um, But there's a few other options, including that vintage wood grain, a Galaxy Purple, and GTO Red. Um, But basically, like, this is just meant to... Right now, there's a list of games on the Wikipedia Hmm. article that I think are kind of meant to be... Like, they're going to make these... They're going to kind of take the older Intellivision games and kind of update some of them and reimagine them a little bit. 
Um, and so they're kind of doing things very kind of differently. They want to like have some of the old stuff available, but they're also developing newer games with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, take they've, advantage they've got, of it. um, they have a whole video showing off the games. Uh, snafu is on the list of course, Brian. It so is. Oh, yeah. It is there. Uh, coming in, in April, 2021. Um, but yeah, so it's just kind of interesting. I think right now they have it priced at two fifty, which yeah. is uh, it's on the more expensive side for something but, like. I this. mean, the the plus side is it said the games will only be two ninety nine to nine ninety nine. Yeah, so they're kind of like app store level pricing for for games on this console, <laughs> well, which, they're, which would... they're kind of app store level quality. <laughs> <laughs> you can, yeah, you so, can also connect mobile devices for up to eight total players. Yeah. And that's pretty cool. That's a cool idea. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's interesting. It was kind of weird when Tommy Tallarico came out and was like, I want to do this thing. And everybody was like, who, who's asking for this? <laughs> um, I know there's been a little bit of like, uh, kind of like, uh, I think there's been some kind of strange news around it. I don't know if I can find this real quick. It's, as I'm it's just like, here. it's one of those things where it's like, why, why are you, are you trying to get into a market that is completely dominated by three big players? Like this, this is like, this is like the Ouyo, you know? The Ouyo. Yeah. <laughs> well, and like, that's the thing is that I think, I think there exists a world for these to, to be around I mean obviously with 299 to 999 pricing and for at $249 even you're still cheaper than the switch you're not really aiming for that same type of experience um, and and we're at the point now where these people who play the original on television do have nostalgia for that type of thing sure I, I, I just like fun. I'm curious like who they are actually trying to market to yeah yeah I agree I, yeah, I mean, this might work well for families, too, since they're forced to be stuck together at home more right now. It, this might be the perfect time for something like this. It's just a shame because they were planning to be out in 2020, but they, they said that they weren't making their, their, their quality that they wanted to get to with the with kind of where they wanted the console manufacturing to be. They're not quite there yet, so they got they delayed it then. Um, but the thing that they say here in the Wikipedia article, the Amico's goal is to return to family gaming and couch co-op among people in the same location, mm-hmm. which the company feels has been lost in modern gaming and web-based multiplayer. I mean, I'll be honest with you, the, um, the quality of the hardware definitely has an impact on me personally. Like, you know, the, the analog pocket and the, the play date both look like they're, very well constructed out of good materials and that to me is intriguing on its own Mm -hmm. like i would buy one just to feel it kind of thing like yeah i'd be interested to see how the play date feels in my hands and how the pocket feels i know the pocket will just feel like a game boy pocket let's be honest here but like i i'm interested like the the high quality artisanal sort of like boutique quality of those items is appealing to me whereas like I'll be straight with you. The Intellivision, not really feeling it, man. Um, it just looks like a it looks like a a wireless phone in my house. You know, it, it looks like something that came out in the nineties. Like it, for it sure. looks like it was made by <laughs> VTech. 
Like, <laughs> I was just about to get there. You are a hundred percent. Like, it's like it that. was made by it was a partnership between VTech and Tiger, and they made this. Televtech Vision. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. this is. And You're and I'm like, completely right. I'm like, eh, I don't know, man. It's like the girl talk phone that came out in like the '80s <laughs> or whatever. You know, you just you plug it into the phone line and it's neon purple and pink and has like bright lights on it or whatever. Like I. I don't know. To I, be honest, I they feel dropped, like like this is the dry. phone that dad would have in the basement <laughs> at the house <laughs> on the second phone line. You yep. know, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. Brian, if they want to saying? sell more of these, they need the clear housing version. Yes. Oh, for the sure. clear. Yep. The transparent one. Yeah. There is a transparent uh, on the analog page. There is a transparent SNES. <laughs> yeah. I think this, the, I the think super they, those N, were limited. The super they NT transparent. It's discontinued, but yeah, that did yes. exist. Um, um, but no, the thing is, like, I feel like if this is the kind of thing, this Intellivision Amico is the kind of thing where it's like, if this gets in the hands of, like, Jeff Gerstmann and those guys who have been in the game's uh, press long enough and they're, like, super enthusiastic about it, I would probably be like, all right, I guess I'm going to buy one of these things and check it out. But I also kind of feel like he, like judging by just judging a book by its cover here, he's gonna get this in his hands and be like, "This thing sucks," <laughs> just like <laughs> tear it apart because like it's, I don't know, it's it's weird, it's very weird. Especially but. I, I don't know this because you know what? Guys... I'll tell you what, this Intellivision thing could become like the Jackbox console, you know, based off of I'm just yeah. watching mm-hmm. like the games like video right now on the side here. And they've got like liars dice on there, and this blank slate, and emoji charades, and things like this. Like if if Jackbox went all in on making this a thing, or at least making their games for this thing, they could they could have something maybe. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. They got a Sesame but, Street uh, game on here. I may have to buy this for Eloisa. You never know. Like she may need to have this. <laughs> I could probably talk Megan into it. <laughs> And I mean, some of the graphics that they're showing here look look okay. Like it's not, it doesn't look too bad. No, but, they're cool, uh, you know. cool vector graphics. I mean, it's it's very like, I don't know, like high quality flash graphic like games. Like it's definitely yeah. vector. Like they they look crispy and clean. It's not pixelated. You know, they did a nice job. I'm not. I don't mean to like knock it. Like I I, I don't know what to expect. But yeah, who knows, man? Maybe this is what we have in the living room, so the baby can learn video games on this first and have stuff to play with this evil Knievel game looks rad <laughs> it, yeah it looks oh it actually looks pretty cool <laughs> but yeah so the intellivision amico and the playdate and the analog pocket are all coming out this year hopefully there's more analog pockets available for purchase at some point because i i really really want one but um we'll have to see uh the other thing i want to talk about today uh we have two video game movies coming out this year so far uh both um, you know, long rumored in development for at least one of them. And the other one has kind of been floating around for a while. So Mortal Kombat is coming to not only theaters at some point, April 16th is the date, but also will be available streaming on HBO max at no additional charge this year, uh, day and date with the theater release. Um, no full trailer out yet. There's like a little teaser, but we did get some pictures of it in the past couple weeks. Um, Bruce and I were talking about this in the, <laughs> in the discord for a little bit, 
But honestly, like I'm kind of down. Like I, I, I think the thing is that the bar's been set so low with the Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> like we all love the original Mortal Kombat because it was like, oh shit, they're just fucking Sub Zero froze a dude and fucking Scorpion's got a spear, and that's all that movie had to do. And everybody's like, all right, yeah, all all anybody ever had to hear from that was get over here. Like you didn't yeah. need anything more, but we got yeah. so much more. Especially uh, that that fucking theme song, man, is oh, just yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's yeah, a, it's so a good. contribution to greater pop culture. But Brian, what are you saying? I definitely have fond memories of that movie, but I I don't think I could sit down and watch it now. <laughs> the first one I can, and I have. Like it's okay. it's real good. Annihilation is rough because yeah, right. Annihilation literally sucked. Is mine. <laughs> yes, I, I didn't like it when it came out. I probably wouldn't like it now. Annihilation was one of those ones where it was literally just kind of like. Let's just throw more characters in it, you know, and and it's great from that perspective. But at the same time, like, you know, it's just fucking Kerry Tagawa as Shank Sung is just incredible. And the dude that they get to play fucking Shao Kahn in the second one, just not good. So like <laughs> Annihilation, I feel like really just kind of tanked any expectations for what a Mortal Kombat movie could be. So at this point, I'm just kind of like. I'll see what this is, and I'll tell you, like, that screen, the the one, there's one picture of fucking uh, Kung Lao and Liu Kang next to each other, and I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm ready. Give it to <laughs> me. I want to see this, and it's going to be great. Um, I, I mean, it could be really good. I don't know. But what's I, the soundtrack going to be like? <laughs> it's True. probably Drake. It's just all Drake songs. <laughs> That's very disappointing. Welcome to Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'm singing this song. My name is Drake. Yeah. So we'll see on on, on April 16th what uh, what HBO Max's Mortal Kombat brings to us. But honestly, like I just I just want to watch a Mortal Kombat movie and have fun. And if I see fucking Sub Zero freeze a dude and Scorpion put a spear through a guy, I'm good. That's all I really want. Hell yeah. It's going to be free too. Like I already have HBO max. Like it doesn't, I'm not paying for it. So as long as it doesn't regret me losing the, make me regret the two hours that I lose in watching it, it's going to be fine. (laughs) Uh, the other movie, of course, uh, currently dated for July 16th, but I think could easily slip would be uncharted. Uh, this is a movie that they were trying to make for a long, long time. Went through a lot of weird iterations. Uh, I think Mark Wahlberg was 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 rumored <laughs> to be Nathan Drake at some point, and now he's actually going to be Sully, uh, Nate's older mentor figure. Uh, but this is going to be starring Tom Holland, who is the current Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> so, and what's that? It's been in development so long that they had to move Mark Wahlberg <laughs> up to an older character. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> for sure. That's exactly what's happened. And, you know, I, I was excited for this movie because they, uh, in 2019, it was reported that Dan Trachtenberg of the Totally Rad Show was going to be directing. Um, and mm-hmm. he, he left. It's it's since then. Uh, I think Ruben Fleischer's the one who's on the final movie. He he didn't um, like he didn't quit. He was like released from it or something, right? I think it was just like creative differences, and and they were just kind of like it, it didn't really 
they didn't see eye to eye on how they wanted the movie to go. Right, uh, but then honestly, but Jeff came out me... on Twitter and was like, if you got the movie Dan was going to make, you all would be so happy. Like, Yes, and that makes me so sad because I think Dan would make an amazing Uncharted movie. But Ruben Fleischer, the guy who's directing it now, did Zombieland, Venom, uh, Zombieland 2, 30 Minutes or Less, Gangster Squad. Not a great pedigree zombie yeah, really are they gonna make uh, it some like weird campy goofy like nathan drake or is it gonna be more serious like because i feel like the uncharted series of what i know of it which isn't much because i haven't played any of the games except for five seconds of the one on psp <laughs> or ps vita um what i know of them is like it's it's a fairly serious storyline yeah i mean it's yeah it's not like um Like, cause I don't Tom, know. like cause Tom Holland is is now he's he's our Nathan Drake or whatever, right? So like, yes, that is already like strike one in my opinion. You're putting sure. you're putting a goofy person in a serious role, and now we're gonna get this like campy bullshit movie that's really not that good. Well, no, honestly, like the thing is that there is a lot of humor in 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 these in these games as well, and I think the campiness of Nathan Drake does work. It has to be very like, it has to be. Like, it can be a very swashbuckly kind of adventure movie that you would have put Harrison Ford in. And it could have been Indiana Jones, you know, like that kind of thing. But I just feel like Tom Holland for me is too young for this role. I don't want Mark Wahlberg in any movies anymore. Like, it's just <laughs> they, they're they going all of the wrong directions with this. And I don't really know what to expect out of it. But I, I'll give it a try, I guess. Although, you know what, I'm even, this is probably stupid, but this the page that I was working off of for Wikipedia said July 16th, and now it says, on the actual page for the thing, it says February 11th, 2022. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not coming out this year, but I don't want to watch it anyway, so. Right. But I probably will when it comes out. So, I don't know. Brian, any thoughts? Uh, I should play the games before I see the movie. Yeah, I, I own the collection on PS4 digitally, hmm. but I don't have a PS4 right now. So, well, I'm sure they'll play nicely on a PS5 if yeah. and when you're able to get one. Um, but honestly, yeah, honestly, like the thing is, the games are so cinematic, anyways, that I feel like making a movie out of them is just going to detract from what's already there. Like, it's not. I think the ideal way to experience a Nathan Drake tale is through playing as him, and so, um. You know, plus I'm just disappointed they didn't make one with Nathan Fillion ten years ago because they should have. It mm-hmm. would have been amazing. He would have been a great Nathan Drake. Now he'd have to be Sully. Yeah, pretty much. So that's all I got. No, it's cool. Um, yep. Stay tuned next time on Side Quest for video game Jeopardy. Video game Jeopardy. I just want yes. to throw it out there. I did. I, I should have. I, I didn't say it in the top of the episode, but I did play Jeopardy on Switch last night with Megan. And uh, if Switch Jeopardy is any indication, I fucking smoke Ken Jennings, man, <laughs> because I did so. I I walked out of one game with like over a hundred thousand dollars, like just wrecked shit. I'm like Jeopardy Damn. champion on Switch right now, like. <laughs> I want to I want to see a comparison of all the Jeopardy games that have ever come out. 
Because I know that there were ones on like fucking Apple IIe that you could play where you like type in an answer. You like know? this, the one on Switch, you like you play like a question comes up and then you've got to wait a, um, an amount of time. You got to wait for an icon to pop up on the screen before you can buzz in. And then when you buzz in, it gives you like three multiple choice answers to choose from. And everybody gets the same three answers. So, yeah. But I, I honestly don't remember how it played, but um, I did play a fair amount of Jeopardy on Commodore 64. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, it might have involved typing in answers. I just yeah, I, I just know that again, if if I played against Ken Jennings on that, I would whoop his ass. Well, Brian, it sounds like you'll have to exercise your Jeopardy skills before uh before our next side quest cuz it's going to be it's going to be good. I'm trying to make sure that these are not slanted in any way towards the video games that only Morels would know because they were in our household. Hmm. Although I'm already kind of biased in that respect, but it's not another Sega bracket situation. Yeah, for example, yes. it's not all Sega and Sony categories. It's gonna be it's gonna be all over the place. So I can give you. A, do you want a preview of the categories that I have? Let's <laughs> sure. do that because uh, I started. Uh, The ones that I've already got, I got. I still, I still need a fifth. I was considering either a potpourri or uh, something else. But so I've got uh, topic number one is video game history, and then I have capable characters, fictional corporations, mm. and scintillating shareware are the four that I have so far. I'm going to get into some shareware games on the PC back in the day. Nice. So uh, if any any recommendations for a topic five, please let me know. Um, but I'm, I'm probably going to get that decided and put it together uh, in the next week. And it's going to be next two weeks. It's going to be really good. I'm excited for it. So that sounds great. Cool. Yeah. So everybody stay tuned for the next side quest and uh, stay tuned for the next full episode as well, where we will be covering the medium and possibly vampire, not vampire werewolf, the apocalypse, that game. Yep. Cool. Thanks for joining us on the side quest. Everybody we will see you next time. Peace.